Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer and part of the DynamoTheory.com podcast network. I am Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. And today we have a special guest with us, part of the family, and he is pretty much family, but we have uh, Christian from Cuatro Cuatro Dos joining us today, man. How are you? Good, man. What's up, everybody? What's, what's up, everybody in the Crossing bo uh, Soccer Borders uh, family? I'm glad to be here once again, and hopefully... I won't be too annoying this time. No, you're good, man. And we're, we're definitely on the same feed. Christian helps us put uh, our recordings on the uh, Dynamo Theory. Um, and we're grateful for that. So today we're definitely going to just focus on CONCACAF. And Christian is going to has a lot actually to input, especially on Group D. Um, but we'll get there. But yeah, I mean, anything happening in your life, Christian, that you want to share with us? We're kind of starting to do like a little life update, like a quick rundown of what we've gone through the week, basically. Yeah, man. So actually a couple of things. So I, a couple of weeks back, I actually moved. Uh, so I'm still like in a transitional period. I'm kind of like uh, not homeless, but, you know, I'm, I'm you know, in between, in between homes, stuff like Welcome that. Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> yeah. And then also, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, I am part of kind of of this little uh, Sunday league. And uh, we started doing uh, live. Uh, we started like streaming the games. And I've been doing like commentating and kind of like play by play on those. So, you know, if you guys are interested in listening, not only to, to Cuatro Cuadrados, but, you know, watching soccer games and listening to so a little bit of commentating and stuff like that. I'm doing that with uh, Volt League. So you can actually check it out. Check out Volt League on, on Facebook and on Instagram as well. And the, the new season is about to start here in a couple of months. So, you know, if you guys are interested in a 7v7 league, probably the best one in Houston. You can hit them up up there. Yeah, I saw Eddie Robinson give you a little bit of love, man, too, today. So that's always good. Yeah, man. It was it was amazing. You know, I I obviously tagged them, not on purpose, but, you know, to basically shout them out because obviously it's a, it's a hard job when you got to talk for, like, you know, a full entire game. And I only did, like, two 30-minute halves. I can't imagine, like, going 45 and 45, you know, on a professional live TV broadcast. I mean, that's insane. For sure. And Rodrigo, what's up with you, man? Yeah, man, Chris, that's pretty interesting. I did see uh, your tweets on this. That was pretty cool. Uh, but I I'm just over here chilling in Dallas. Um, had a busy weekend. My wife's birthday was this weekend. So we hung out um, with some of her friends and also my sister-in-law and their family came down here too. So it was pretty cool. We actually ended up going and visiting different places in Dallas that we hadn't been to. We did this whole Jurassic Park experience um, out like in, I guess, North Dallas, Plano area. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that Frisco area. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, it's been this man. Didn't get to watch that many that many games this weekend. So kind of, you know, had to watch a lot of highlights. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Cool, and then we're back. Good transition, man. Good transition. <laughs> I hear, I hear, uh, I hear. Frisco is where uh, this uh, Dallas FC plays, huh? Something. Like I that. guess that's the the losing team in Texas. I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, you know, we give them a little crap, but those guys keep selling players, and that thing is really pissing me off, all the money they're making. But let's go right. Um, so, Gold Cup. Gold Cup, gotcha. Let's go jump into it, man, so we can go through every single group. Group A, done deal. Uh, we have Mexico and El Salvador passing through. Trinidad and Tobago and Guatemala got eliminated. Um, Christian, you want to, like, mention anything on those groups? I don't know if you watched uh, any of the Group A action. 
I didn't honestly, to be honest, I didn't watch much of it, but I know what the Mala came in as like kind of a last minute replacement, and just as they came, they went back home. So it's a, I guess, a good trip for what the Mala, you know, a good experience. But yeah, definitely. Rodrigo, you want to add anything on this group? Uh, basically, what we expected: Mexico and El Salvador. Um, actually, uh, maybe a little bit surprising because I thought Trinidad Tobago would have been a little bit stronger. Um, but yeah, Mexico just shows that they have a pretty good defense and. I mean, they kind of do what they do, just keep possession, trying to attack more. That's yeah, what we expected. Coming and in. I think, I think uh, when it comes to the group, that last match, I got to watch the Mexico Salvador. Well, I watch pretty much all the Mexico games, but uh, that one's a good game, and Salvador's looking good. All the uh, they're bringing a bunch of young guys, or not even young guys, they're just bringing a lot of guys seasoned in the MLS, which is good to see. Um, you know, obviously you have. Alex Rodon, uh, Christian's brother, and uh, he's doing very good. And then you have like a good defender. It's a good mix. I think it's going to be special whenever um, we get to the uh, World Cup qualifiers and why not. But um, hey, Mexico and El Salvador are through. So not a, you know, it's kind of surprising. Like you said, maybe Trinidad Tobago didn't give a little bit of a fight. I mean, Guatemala didn't even, <laughs> wasn't even supposed to be a part of it. So, you know, we'll see who... Um, we still don't know who they're going to face in the second round or in the knockout stages. Um, but with that, we'll go jump to Group B. Group B, a very special group because the United States, and since we live in the United States, you know, United States ended up winning all three of their games. I think there's plenty to talk about here. And then Canada, of course, uh, also making it to the knockout stages. Haiti and Martinique. Martinique, I don't know what they were doing, man. They ate 12 goals. Um but Christian, we'll start with you, man. I don't know if you with your two cents on Group B, man. I, I well, I saw a little bit of uh, the United States. Um, obviously, you know they're playing with like their B uh, kind of roster. You know they don't have all the European stars and stuff like that. But I mean, I think they did an okay job. I watched a little bit, you know, the game against uh, Canada, uh, and it, it was kind of like you know a little back and forth in, for a little bit. But I think they had. Even though it was like a one, I think it was a one-zero game. Uh, they, you know, they kind of had it in their pocket and, and somewhat. I, in, in my opinion, I don't know how you guys saw it. It was kind of, I don't know. They, they seemed very quiet. Um, but I, I mean, I like the fact that I got to see Busio. He's like one of my favorite players now at the moment. But you know, just seeing him, you know, kind of being in that in between between maybe Italy, United States. I'm glad, you know. They, they got him in for the United States. And I think, you know, we can, if he keeps growing, because the kid is like 18, 19 years old, you know, and he's already national level, you know, player. And if he keeps growing, I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a, in a World Cup, you know, with the politics of the world and the McKinney's and all of those guys. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's one player that we mentioned when this all started, knowing that the U.S. was obviously not bringing their uh, A team. Uh, even without their A team, you know, they still won every single game. Um, obviously, I mean, to me, is the, the toughest matches they had, which was against Haiti and Canada. Um, they scored super early, and they, the other teams just couldn't score. But, Rodrigo, you want to add anything on that group? Yeah, I didn't really get to watch much of the U.S.-Canada. Um, just watched the highlights afterwards and looked pretty close. I mean, if you guys got to watch it, you probably know a little bit more. But I saw that Canada, they were actually um, created a lot of different opportunities um trying to score but yeah that early goal i guess just kind of killed them but man bringing back that busio um i don't know if you guys know but over the weekend it was announced that he just got uh bought by venezia the i believe the coming up team in Serie A. 
So that's going to be good for him, um, good for the MLS. I guess, you know, uh, young talent going overseas. I think that's what we've talked about here the most, you know, getting those players from the MLS that are young that can go out there instead of just, you know, sending players and having them be on a team already and then they come to the play for the national team. So I, I can definitely see him being part of the next World Cup. Um, I mean, the midfield already with the guys we have, they're pretty stacked. So I think he might be more of a bench role player. But man, he has a lot a lot of talent. Um, but I'm, I hope we see a lot of him playing in that Serie A team. Yeah, and he went to the same team that uh, FC Dallas sold uh, Testman to. Uh, like you said, a new team that uh, recently got promoted to Serie A. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I was going to say, sorry, you may not get to see much of Busio anymore, Christian. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes. But it's good to see that the MLS is starting to become a selling league, right? A big, big deal for the MLS, especially for us that are not from the U.S. We always saw it as kind of like the retirement league. So it's great to see uh, teams starting to sell players, young young players, talented players that uh, can make it to the uh, or are part already of the uh, national team uh, for either Canada or the United States. Um, but I mean, I think as Houstonians, I think we all want for Houston to start be, being part of that, right? Uh, for sure. Um, but let's go ahead and jump to Group C. Group C. Costa Rica, Jamaica, uh, both advance, and Guadalupe and Serename are eliminated. Uh, this matches for the or match day three are being played tomorrow. Uh, no matter really, no matter what really happens between Costa Rica and Jamaica, they both advance. They're just fighting to see who's number one. Um, Christian, um, have you did you get to see any of those matches? Do you have any input? Um, and uh, or do you see? Who you see Costa Rica and Jamaica winning, even in, in paper? Who do you think uh, will end up being, being uh, number one on the on the number one on the group? So on this one, honestly, I haven't seen any like any games of Group C at all. Like not even a glimpse. I don't even know what their jerseys of Suriname look like, to be honest. But uh, I mean, on paper, I mean, if anything, I would say Costa Rica. Like I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen uh, either Panama or Costa Rica, but. I guess, you know, because Costa Rica has made it to a World Cup and, you know, Jamaica hasn't been anywhere, you know. Uh, I, I would guess Costa Rica, but, you know, who knows, you know, maybe Jamaica goes a lot. Who knows? It's soccer. And you don't win until you play the 90 minutes, so. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put uh, Christian on the spot or anything like that. Uh, you guys know he's Argentinian, so he's <laughs> probably burned out celebrating uh, Argentina and Messi winning, so. Hey, Still. you know, we, we welcome another guy, you know, trying to get it in CONCACAF and why not, man? It's all about learning curve. But Rodrigo, you want to add anything on Costa Rica and Jamaica? Uh, maybe any players that kind of surprised you? Yeah, we've just been seeing two teams have been dominating completely um, since day one. We kind of saw, you know, Costa Rica, Jamaica going on to the next round. Um, Costa Rica, man, uh, with the players they have. They've shown that they can play, but at the same time, it still keeps you on the edge, man. Like, what? which way is it going to go? You know, they started a little bit shaky both games. Um, and then, you know, we mentioned Calvo with the late red card uh, last game. So he's going to definitely be missing this game. And they should have him back by the um, quarterfinals. So that could be against the U.S. or Canada. And I think that's going to... Man, those games are going to be interesting. You know, you're going to see Jamaica versus Canada or the U.S. And, you know, same thing with Costa Rica. I think that's going to be a decisive, you know, like 
I think those are going to be the most interesting games of this next round. Yeah, for sure. And I think this Costa Rica-Jamaica is going to definitely set up a good little preview, right, to what um, the knockout stages are going to look like. Costa Rica may rest on players. I mean, they technically get both rest players since they're both in. Um, but for Jamaica, I'd like to see how uh, Leon Bailey has been playing. He's just, you know, a young guy from um, Bayer Leverkusen and Germany just kind of showing uh, his talent in Jamaican, like we mentioned in the past, you know, there's a ton of guys like that in Europe, like uh, Mason Greenwood that could play for one of this, you know, national teams uh, in the Caribbean. But let's jump to Group D. And I know Christian has a lot of, to talk about Group D because he was a big part of uh, going and representing Dynamo Theory uh, when it came to the media um, out in BBA since we were able to, you know, catch this or this whole group played um at bba and also i think there's only one game tomorrow sadly if i'm not mistaken christian would not be there because it's his wife's birthday but hey um the floor is yours man kind of you were able to go to two of the match days so you know tell us the good the bad the ugly and uh what did you like or what did you uh learn about concacaf like in uh, first person no, man. I mean, to be honest, so it was my first, like, experience uh, covering or going to, like, international games here in the United States. Actually, probably in, in general, I don't think I've ever been to any international games of, like, this magnitude when they're actually, you know, playing for, like, points and trying to, you know, win a, tro- a trophy. I've been to, like, exhibition matches or, you know, stuff like that. And it was, I mean, it was it was crazy. So the first week, uh, it was just pouring you know, rain, everybody was wet. Like, literally everybody was wet. Um, and uh, the so the games were, like, pushed back a couple hours. But, you know, it, it was it was, it was was a crazy environment for being, you know, a weekday. Um, I mean, it was fun. It was it was really fun. You know, so many people went out and, you know, you, you got to kind of, you know, mingle with, like, you know, uh, there was a lot of uh, Honduras press that came down to, the, to Houston or came up, I guess. To Houston uh, to cover the games, and you know there was a bunch of people in the press booth. And you know, whenever you go to the animal games, like there's not a lot of people in, in the booth. Like there's always like usual suspects. You know, in a way, you know, you have the striker Texas guy, you know, Victor Araiza, and like Corey, uh, and like just you know the 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 guys that are always there. But you know, this time you got to see like a lot of new faces, and and like you looked around, there was people like. You know, traveling with little mac- bags of makeup, and you're like, "Why? Why does this dude has makeup?" Well, because in like ten seconds, he's gonna be on TV, and you know, obviously, he has to look good and all that. And I was like, "Man, that's, like that's crazy!" And you see all these cameras, and you see all these, you know, people, and you're like, "Man, I wonder if this guy is like famous in his country," you know, because you just start like thinking and stuff like that. And then the first game got delayed, and there was actually three players from Costa Rica in the press, uh, not Costa Rica, Panama. And the press booth, obviously, I had no idea who they were. I wasn't able to distinguish any of them, you know, from because obviously I'm new to the to the whole CONCACAF experience. But obviously, they were like decked up and, and kind of like their training gear. Again, they weren't playing that game. Um, but it was just cool, you know, like you you get to like feel and and see the experience of, of what it like kind of takes to like have a game on TV. Like you get to see the background, you know, how the cameras move, how the people communicate, and stuff like that. And then, um, so that was Tuesday. So Tuesday was like, you know, kind of everything new for me. You know, uh, when it came to the games, you know, the first game was Qatar and they were playing uh, Panama. 
And it was a crazy game because it ended 3-3. It was like super back and forth, like 100 goals, you know, penalties and this and that. And like, and there was people from uh, from Qatar, uh, a lot of people from Qatar, surprisingly. Uh, actually, I didn't know there were so many Qataris in Houston. Like they had like the whole, almost like the whole bottom bowl of the of the stadium kind of fields and stuff like that. Yeah, me and, and, me and Rodrigo, yeah. we were uh, recording at that time and we, it was 0-0. Zero, zero, and then we looked up and it was like, holy crap, it's 3-3. Three, three. So <laughs> must have been a fantastic game to watch, man. Bro, literally, and like, so the first half was like pretty chill. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. And then the second half started, there was, if I'm not mistaken, four goals and 10 minutes. Like, just straight up, back to back to back to back. And, like, you couldn't look away because they were, like, scoring. And then the penalties came, and then the dude chipped the goalie. And you're like, man, like, they putting on a show. Like, Qatar came to, like, well, you know, on Saturday when I was talking to, uh, to actually, there was a gentleman there that was working for Qatar, like, for their, for their federation or something. And, you know, we, we started talking because the guy's Argentinian, too. And he actually worked for, like, Fox Sports, Telemundo for, like, 10 years. He launched, like, uh, like an ESPN-type channel in Argentina. Like, you know, we got talking to the guy. And, like, he was telling me, you know, all, all about, like, Qatar. Like, basically, you know, they came to CONCACAF to, to win the cup. Like, they didn't come here just to, like, you know, show, showcase their country or showcase, you know, the fact that the World Cup is going to be played in Qatar next year. You know, they came here to, you know, put their foot down and be like, hey, Qatar is actually, you know, going to win this thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was crazy. I mean, they have really good players. Like, most of their players, I think, come from the domestic league. Uh, they, they don't have really international, like, international players like, from outside of their league. But uh, something that it was interesting to me is that a lot of their players have, like, uh, European descent. So like there's this guy, the right winger, his name was Pedro. And you're like, like, how does a, a guy named Pedro, you know, play for Qatar, you know? So you, and then you started kind of digging, and then I think it turns out his parents are from Portugal. So he has like Portuguese descent. And then there was another guy that he had like French descent. He had also kind of like a Frenchy name. And it was just, you know, you you start to learn all these things about, you know, these these countries and these teams and stuff like that. And then you, you know, they played Grenada. Uh, they, you know, whooped Grenada 4-0 uh, on the second match week. And then, you know, you start getting intrigued because you're like, man, poor guys. Like, obviously, you know, not to diminish anyone, but their level, you know, wasn't up to par. I don't know how they did, you know, obviously they qualified. So obviously they had some some type of talent, you know, on their team. But then when you start looking at the roster, it's like players from the third division in England up to the sixth division in England. And you're like, man, that's crazy. Like, I didn't even know Qatar had 11 guys to put on the field, you know? But you start seeing, like, you know, they, when it's countries like that, like, they literally have to pull players from, like, anywhere in the world. And I just thought it was cool that literally, like, almost more than half of their roster came from players that play in England in the lower division. So, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. And and then doing, like, you know, when they do press conferences at the end, I was actually one of the few people that asked questions, you know, to the Qatari players. And it was, so it was, the crazy experience was me asking a question in English, and then you have a translator, like, all in the Zoom connection that he translate to Arabic. And then the guy responds in Arabic, and then they translate it to, like, Spanish or English. Uh, I just thought, it, you know, it's simple things, but you're like, man, that's crazy, like, all the work that has to be put into, like, you know, having all the players, you know, 
the traveling, the the language barriers, you know, maybe cultural things and stuff like that. Because on Tuesday, Qatar has a game, and well, the guy, the Argentina guy, that was in the press booth. He was telling me on Tuesday it's a very like special date in Qatar. Uh, it's like their their second made. Their, how do I say this? Like they, they're, out of their major holidays that they have, that is their second most important one. So you know, the guy was like, you know. Because going into working for the Qatari Federation, he was like, "I wonder how this is gonna play out." Because you know, usually they 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 have like a like a family thing. They you know they have dinner. Um, it's comparable to a Christmas, but you know, it's obviously you know, in in those countries they don't have Christmas because you know, obviously, religions and stuff like that. Not, it's not the same. But um, so it's 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 gonna be interesting dynamic how you know they they go into this Tuesday knowing that, you know, it's like a special holiday for them and it's like very special to them. And maybe they could win, you know, they could beat Honduras and come out on top of their group. Um, but then going and talking about Honduras, uh, literally on Saturday, I don't know, 90 to 95% of the people in the stadium were from Honduras. It was the most, it was the craziest experience I've ever like seen in a stadium live, like, When you're out there and like you can't hear yourself because you're being so loud, I, I don't know. I wish everybody like could have been there, man. Like it was such a crazy experience. And then when they sing the the national anthem, like I was recording, you know, with my phone, and it just kind of gives you the, gives you the chills to see like 20,000 people yelling out, you know, their their national anthem, and like you can see their pride. And I don't. And that was a good game against Panama as well. You know, they went up one zero, then they went down two one, and then they came back and won three two. And the like when they scored that third goal, the plays like exploded. It was crazy. And then to to finish it off, I was in the parking lot like 40, 45 minutes to an hour after the game because I couldn't get out. They were partying in the parking lot. Like I'm talking about dudes with grills, like at 10 o'clock at night, just like like cooking. Like if it was two in the afternoon. And then, like, dudes would be like, hey, we're going to the bar to celebrate after this. It's like, dude, it's 11 o'clock. Go home. But, you know, but to them, like, a victory like that, it was, like, worthy of, like, the greatest celebration ever. So, shout out to all the Honduras people, man. Like, the, everybody, everybody was nice. You know, there was a lot of people from Panama as well. Uh, a lot of people from Qatar. And surprisingly, I saw fans from uh, Grenada, which I was like, I didn't even know it existed as a country until, you know, this week. So. Yeah, you took yeah, some man, really good pictures too. So, man, like that—that's a fun experience. I'm hoping that you're able to go to the quarterfinals. Uh, if you can sneak me in, man, you know, to watch right, the right. U.S. or Mexico, you know, I may be maybe able to fit in a pocket, bro. But um, talking about Honduras and how you're talking about the, you know, feeling the chills and all not just seeing the stadium rocking. Um, Rodrigo, I don't know if you were able to watch the Panama against Honduras match and maybe highlights of it. But how special, you know, for someone like you and me that have been following the Dynamo a little, just a little longer than Christian, maybe. The fact of, um, you know, having that Kyoto versus, uh, sorry, Kyoto and Elise connection and creating goals, man. What, what do you think about that? No, definitely special, man. I'm envious of Christian experience because this was like the best group to watch. Just the atmosphere out there and then just the goals, man, like, or the matches, I would say really close, you know, tough matches. I think they were scored, what, 21 goals in BBA, probably the most in four games, the most that we've had in that stadium in a long time. <laughs> That's crazy, man. But yeah, like 
Man, Kyoto with Elise, and then just how they go and celebrate with the fans. You just feel the passion. And I hate to say it, but like, that's what Houston needs. Like, and we have it. That, that's the worst part. It's like, imagine, like, just watching that game, imagine if that was every Dynamo game. Man, like, that. that's just beautiful. Like, ah, there's, there's something, you know, um, hopefully with the new... Um, with Ted, you know, bringing something more to the table and we can get that. I think that's a possibility. And yeah, like Rudy said, reminiscing on those times that we had with Elise and Kyoto and, you know, we have Boniac, them as a Honduran, you know, representing there, um, the Dynamo. It, it's, that, that's what we like about soccer, you know, that's the beautiful game, as we say, and uh, just a lot of passion. And I think we can get that as a Dynamo team as well, just put that in there. And, and just to do a cheap plug, uh, of my podcast uh, but I'm gonna be recording here also and then I'm basically gonna be talking about man the love like literally at least is like a national hero dude like it was crazy like you know because the players you know they would come out of the tunnel and like you know whenever they would announce you know Albert Elise and like the crowd would go wild dude. they did for Kyoto as well but I think at least since he made that jump into Europe obviously you know when you go into Europe they kind of you know you get, you know, you, you you went up a step, you know, out of everybody else. You kind of overtook everybody because now you're a big European player. And especially now that, you know, there's talks of like him probably going to West Ham or, you know, there's the Celtic or like, you know, big teams in, you know, in the English Premier League or, or the Scottish League. And you're like, man, I got from Honduras, like could be killing it pretty soon, you know, in the best league in the world, you know. And it's just like, it's very crazy to see how, you know, 20,000 people were just, you know, kind of like loving this guy. And, and, and you start thinking, you're like, man, we just had him. Like, where were all these 20,000 people? Like, uh, you know, last year when, you know, we had like a prime Ellie's. And even when we had a prime Ellie's and a prime Kyoto, like working together side by side. Like, they looked like brothers, like playing. Like, they played forever together. Like, it was beautiful to watch them play and like put plays together and stuff like that. But, you know, going back, you know, it... it it would be beautiful to see like something like that happen, you know, here in Houston. You know, like why do we have to wait till these players like leave our our team to like you know become stars? But you know, I'll talk about that on Cuatro Cuatro. Let's keep it more dynamo focused, you know that. But yeah. it was a great experience, man. And for sure, man. Uh, I think uh, just for the the sake of time. Um, just closing thoughts for me. Uh, we're going to me and Rodrigo, and maybe even Christian uh, may jump. Who knows? Um, we're planning to do a all Spanish uh, episode uh, just to kind of see what uh, you know what the audience looks like because I have a lot of friends in Mexico uh, and family members that keep asking about it. But obviously, uh, since we do everything in English, it's hard for them to understand. Um, but yeah, uh, Christian, go ahead and you know give them all your information so they can follow you, uh, check out and check out your podcast as well, man. Yeah, man. So check. You can check me out, obviously, in Cuatro Cuatro Dos Q U A T T R O Q U A T T R D O S on Instagram and then Facebook as well. And then if you want to find me, it's just Chris Putalias, which is C R I S P U T A L L A Z. And thank you guys for for having me on the show once again. Man. Yeah, man. Anytime. Um, I, I, what's it called? We we have so much fun. Like it seems like you know, thing like uh, obviously we just met you in person, but you're one of those persons that uh, it seems like you know him for a long time. 
Uh, it's just that that soccer loving, right? That we we all have. Um, but yeah, just keep keep in mind. Also, I think. Uh, are you recording tonight? You said yes. No, no I'm, okay. I'm here. You? I don't know why they. Can't yeah, I can hear you. I was just wondering because okay. obviously, so yeah, definitely listen to Christian's um, recording uh, because yeah. he's most likely. I'm just gonna give a teaser. I the Dynamo play tomorrow, so he's most likely gonna talk a little bit about that. Um. Yep. Yeah. With that said, man, uh, keep crossing soccer borders. Yeah.